Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel, website, and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. Hello again, Gen X Grown Up podcast listener. Welcome to this Backtrack edition of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. As you know, the Backtrack is the version of our show where we pick a single topic and dig in deep. Joining me, as always, is George. Hey, how's it going, guys? And of course, Mo is here. Hi, everybody. Our topic this episode is, as always, something near and dear to our hearts. We've talked in previous shows about Saturday morning cartoons. Mm -hmm. We've talked about after-school TV. We've talked about VHS and watching movies. But there's another part of entertainment media that was actually aimed at our parents, but we enjoyed just as much, and that is those Gen X era sitcoms. Oh, yeah. Before we do dig into all these cool sitcoms that we enjoyed, I had to take a moment out for what is always my favorite part of any podcast that we do, reading an email from our fourth listener. Fourth listener. Hey, our fourth listener this time, email is from Jason. Jason. Jason writes, hello, George, John, and Mo." Okay, I've been meaning to email you guys since this thing started, but I've usually been driving, mowing, washing dishes, or something else. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you mentioned after-school specials. The one that came to mind instantly, the amazing cosmic awareness of Duffy Moon. Wow. <laughs> okay, that's a title. <laughs> <laughs> that one was new to me, but he says, only through the magic of the internet was able to rediscover the terrible made-for-TV movie that did make a big impression on me at the time. He sent us a link to the YouTube of it, and we'll put that in the show notes down below. Oh, okay. cool. He says, I think it had to do with the picked-on boy who was able to have some amazing powers, or at least in his mind. Although I did not remember the title, I did remember the repeated phrase, You could do it, Duffy Moon! <laughs> <laughs> Ike Eisenman was child actor in many TV shows of the day. Later, I was able to spot Duffy Moon actor Ike Eisenman as a member of the crew of the Enterprise. He was Scotty's son who died in engineering and was covered with all that grape jelly or whatever. Remember that? Really? Wait, you're talking about like from Wrath of Khan? Yeah. Really? Yep. Ike Eisenman. Sure wow, enough. that guy. Yeah, I remember him from the early stuff. I didn't. Okay. All right. Early child actor. Yeah, it's it spurred with me too. I've remembered. So yeah. Uh, yeah, Jason connected the love of the after school specials with some nerdy Star Trek stuff. So well done, Jason. Yeah, Props. yeah definitely. <laughs> Kudos. And I've not seen this one, but uh, again, we'll put a link down in the show notes below so that our listeners can check it out. And thank you for writing in. We love letters from our fourth listener and we will always read them and respond to them right here on the show. Sunday, Monday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. 
I hope you're all ready. It is time to dig into that most beloved topic from our Gen X grown up past, Gen X sitcoms. Whew, yeah. yeah, I got a big bottle of Gatorade sitting right here because I know this is going to take a while. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I did a lot of preparation for this show, and I know I'm going to miss half a dozen ones that I love. Oh, oh absolutely. Easily, yeah. We tried to break these into kind of some grouped topics. And the first one I want to talk about is something that kind of connects to what's happening today, right? So we have all these verses in media today. And I don't mean battle like uh, Honda versus Dalsim. <laughs> right. I mean universes. You've right. got the Arrowverse on the CW. You've got the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You've got the DC uh, Cinematic Universe, which right. is meh, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> if it's it's got something. some good TV shows. But that concept kicked off back as we were growing up as kids because as whenever there was a popular show, they would link it and spawn more shows off of that existed in the same universe. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think our generation was probably the first one that had that, right? Yeah, as far as I, mean, I know. Because the previous generation... They didn't really do that. They had the variety shows and stuff, but they didn't spawn ideas from one to the other, I don't think. Yeah, maybe they were more original, or maybe they just knew a good thing when they saw it. But (laughs) yeah. (laughs) The earliest one I could find record of is uh, what was one of my favorite shows. Unexpectedly, again, these were targeted at adults, but I love them. Barney Miller. Oh, that was a great show. Great sitcom about kind of a police uh, police precinct. And kind of some misfit dudes. Though that ran like, starting at like 74, it spawned a show called Fish that was just about one of the detectives. Foster kids, he right? Was, uh, he adopted tons of kids. Yeah, yeah, all foster kids. I watched Barney Miller, but I don't remember watching Fish. Yeah, it was only on a couple of years. Now, another biggie, and everyone's seen this, MASH, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, that was one of the few shows I could watch with my father, yeah, because he was in the Korean War, so. And that, it formed another little, it had the MASH verse because uh, out of MASH, came after MASH, that yeah. they was a failed attempt to continue MASH. <laughs> like yeah. MASH potatoes, MASH. <laughs> and then a good show, Trapper John MD, came out. Oh, that yeah. ran for several years. The yeah. funny thing is about Trapper John, I remember like the really only link between that and MASH was the guy's name, and he would occasionally dream about Korea. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it was a whole different... <laughs> it was a different actor, right? Oh, of course. yeah. It was an older. He was yeah, older. different actor. If you're going to talk about MASH, it's worth noting that uh, you know it is uh, historically significant as its finale was the most watched TV show in history at the time. Wow. Really? You know, wow. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was such you know, a big I, deal when it ended. And that, it was a huge deal. Yeah. Actually, was, I remember because it was back in the day, you remember like when sitcoms, when they started going bad, they just sort of stopped. They just <laughs> ended. Yeah. yeah. Right. Somebody got married, somebody died, right. and then it just ended. Or they, they tried just and ended. Tried. Yeah. But I remember like MASH and also Barney Miller, I remember their last episode because the station, the precinct closed down. That's right. They shut it down. And they actually had like a last episode. And those are shows that say, you know what? We're going out on top. Right. We're finishing yeah. and it's over. Yep. So the next universe that I found really interesting, uh, I didn't realize had so many until I started doing research was All in the Family. Oh yeah, Norman Lear. And so that spawned, he had a next door neighbor and they did a lot of uh, kind of social commentary about his next door neighbor who was black, who was George Jefferson. The that Jeffersons, spawned the Jeffersons. moving yep. on up. <laughs> oh, Love the up. Jeffersons. Oh, yeah. that was, out, out of that whole universe, the Jeffersons was absolutely my favorite of that group. Oh yeah, always good. That show was phenomenal. Sherman Helmsley, give me a break. Oh, I mean, yeah. that guy was brilliant Mm -hmm. he didn't get along with Archie Bunker but uh, he made him think well he didn't get along with hardly anyone (laughs) except for his mother his mother was was the only one he got along with yeah, he owned a group dry of dry cleaners. cleaners and That's right, yep. When they got real successful, they moved up to the east side, as they, were, yes, you know, they, they kept did. saying, you know, in the theme song. And he had his crazy mixed couple next-door neighbors that always drove oh, he him couldn't crazy. Stand it. Oh, he couldn't the interracial stand it, couple <laughs> next door lost his mind, yep. especially when their son started dating his daughter. 
That's right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh man. You know, they tackled some social commentary way back then. This was 75 oh. to 85. So that's yeah. pretty heady stuff for sitcoms. Norman Lear was kind of known for that, though. Even All in the Family, they hit a lot of issues in that. Yeah. And then we had the B. Arthur vehicle, Maud. Yep. And then there's Maud. Yeah. That spawned out of All in the Family. Right. Yep. She was Edith's cousin. She was Edith's cousin? Really? Yep. Oh, that's I didn't where realize the spawn that. Come from. Oh. Okay. All right. Then there was Good Times. Yep. Because she was Maud's maid. Yeah. Oh, the a little okay. side trivia. My best friend growing up, Chris. Hopefully, Chris, you listen to this. Esther Rowe is his aunt. Get out. Oh, wow. I'll be damned. Small world. James Avery coming out of good times. One of the phenomenal oh, actors right. of his day. Janet yep. Jackson. Janet Jackson, the little child actor. Yeah. The best catchphrase out of maybe any oh, of the Gen X sitcoms. <laughs> don't do it, really. man. Don't do it. I, I, I don't think <laughs> do I can. It. Do it. Dynamite. Dynamite. <laughs> I'm looking at the spikes on the recorder now. John's never going to be able to put that in. <laughs> It's just We're like not turning it down. Let it peg. It's dynamite. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had a t-shirt in middle school that had him yep. saying dynamite. I did too. Absolutely. <laughs> I would pay money for that picture. <laughs> I would pay money for it to not get out. <laughs> Another one that came out of All in the Family was Gloria, which yep. was a short-lived Sally Struthers vehicle that took Archie Bunker's daughter and tried to give her her own show. I never saw that one, but I know it's yeah, out there. I don't think many people did, right? It didn't last very long. No. Yeah, but then a better one was they took uh, Archie Bunker and gave him a bar in Archie's place, right? Yeah. Well, now, okay, how can you go wrong with the curmudgeon of everybody's family owning a bar? That's pretty awesome. That's where he belongs. Right. Yeah. And there's one more TV universe I want to talk about that was probably my favorite. Some of the best shows came out of this, and one kind of stinker. But there was the Happy Days universe. Oh. Now, Happy Days yeah. was actually spawned out of Love American style, which was... It was like a what do you call that? variety show, kind of... Not variety show. Um, it was like it was an anthology. Yeah, anthology show, right? Yeah. It was like a Love Boat kind oh, of okay. thing. Was, I was going to uh, say, I don't remember watching that, but... I, love that's American style. It, yeah. it was kind of like little scripted skits that they would do, and each one was maybe uh, 10 or 12 minutes long. Oh, okay. But yeah, Happy Days came out of that one. Wow. Happy Days spawned Laverne and Shirley, Oh of yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. Schlemiel. Yep. Schlemiel. Yeah. I can't even yeah, say the right. words, but that was awesome. Lenny and Squiggy, my favorite two actors that came out of that. Right. <laughs> and they moved on to do great things. <laughs> yeah. Kick open the door. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and then Robin Williams yeah. got his big break on Mork and Mindy. Right. Spawned out of Happy Days, right? Oh, yeah. They just decided they wanted to put an alien on the show and they cast him. And his when he came in for his casting, he sat on his head. For the entire mm-hmm. casting. I believe that. He's an alien. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the least crazy thing Robin Williams has ever done. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and for what it's worth, Joni Love Chachi. That came no, out of that. No, no, no. Uh, I watched uh, a couple of those just because it was in the Happy Days verse. It was neat to have these verses where all those things kind of connected. They did like crossovers like we do with the cinematic universes now, but you knew the people were connected. And in your mind, it created this larger kind of world of like, this show doesn't live in a bubble. That was kind of neat. Till the one day when the lady met Miss Scarlow, and they knew that it was much more than a hunch, that this group must somehow form a family. That's the way we all became the Brady Bunch. Another big genre, I don't know what you want to call it, for sitcoms was all like the mm-hmm. family-centered ones. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. People living their normal day-to-day lives. and yeah, goofy family right? and wacky uncles. and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if we're going to talk about family-centered stuff, we have to talk about the grandfather of all of them, the Brady Bunch. I don't yeah, think of course. there was a bigger family show. It didn't really last 
that long compared to some of the other shows? I mean, what, like four or yeah, five just years? Four or five years, but oh, he had a huge impact. Oh, oh yeah. Man. Not only pop culture. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Social consciousness and just, but everything was influenced by it in TV, too. I mean, it's just now starting to fall out of pop culture references. I mean, it really stood the test time. Of course, they had the movie remakes that they're redos that they did. Right. What was that in the 90s, I guess they did those? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. It sounds Somewhere right. Somewhere around there. Yep. The Brady Bunch was everything you wanted. I mean, that was the perfect family father the perfect family mother they had to live in maid sam the butcher sam the butcher sam the butcher yeah. <laughs> wow i forgot about sam the butcher can't forget about him come on yeah that actor was in everything too oh, he, yeah he was prolific <laughs> one that i remember from way back when barely remember because i was pretty young um was wait till your father gets home I love that show was it so tom that was an animated bosley was show. the dad right tom bosley was the dad that's right. absolutely right all right now you guys are yep. gonna have to educate me on this one because this i don't remember this it was an animated show that came on prime time and it was a sitcom they even had laugh track and everything an animated show with a set with a laugh track yeah yeah it wow. didn't need to be animated it was one of those shows like king of the hill is you know today where it's just about a family mm-hmm. but they decided to animate it this was another one by the way it got started off of love american style like happy days oh did, did it, it really short i didn't know that yeah and it spawned out uh and this was like the beginning of primetime animation it was unheard of to have a cartoon in primetime until wait till your father gets home wow and it only ran for two seasons Love it. Yeah. I had the first season. I can't get... The second season has never been released. I don't know what to say about it other than it's just a family sitcom that's a little more wacky because it's animated. Right. Yeah. Hey, what about Different Strokes? I am I know you guys had to watch Different Strokes. Oh, sure. Everybody of course. Watched, you know, what, you mean, yep. <laughs> 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 what you talking about, George? Yep. Right. What you talking about, George? You know, great theme song, a very unconventional family, super rich guy, adopts a couple of young black kids and everything mm-hmm. from the ghetto. Which happens yeah. all the time. Yeah, of course. You know, it's every, you know, it's just like Annie, right? Yeah. You know. <laughs> that was one of those that was kind of like casting lightning in a bottle. You know, just you had just the right kids, just the right actors. Yeah. They did a really good job. That was one of my favorite shows i loved watching gary coleman on the show todd bridges mm-hmm. uh, dana mm-hmm. plato uh, the father yep. nobody remembers the father yeah, they name, all kind of turned out bad yeah <laughs> I mean, they all end up having their trials and tribulations later on oh well, yeah there were a couple in the early 80s remember family ties and oh, too close yeah. for comfort that's the key those are some right? awesome yeah. ones. oh alex p keaton yeah yeah they gave him time off of family ties to go and do back to the future a lot of shows wouldn't do that with their stars but yeah. they allowed him to do it otherwise we would never have had that marty mcfly yeah exactly oh, thank god they did i mean that w- yeah. that was a great show on its own right but just the fact that they gave him time off for that makes me like that show even more yeah and too close for comfort was i think the main character was he was a a cartoonist right yes yeah the father they were in san francisco so they had to share that one building loft house thing i I always remember that he always wore a different uh, jersey from a college on every episode yeah and so if you watched enough episodes he would have a jersey from your local school (laughs) was that i remember he had like it was like a sweater though i thought exactly a sweater rather yeah but still it was like a school sweater every school's all over the place and he basically collected them every episode he would wear a different school sweater it was cool just kind of a way to connect with your audience i'm not sure if this is right or not but i think that was one of the first sitcoms i remember that had an openly gay character oh yeah the the next door neighbor downstairs neighbor right yeah like he was best friends with the two daughters and he was always getting into trouble and pissing off the father who was the guy you were talking about with the sweaters oh yeah and the father was vaguely disapproving but he was a good friend of the family and the daughters right it was kind of okay (laughs) yeah family center shows from us growing up are we allowed to talk about the cosby show well we just (laughs) talked about the first openly gay character might as well talk about bill cosby let's talk about the cosby show in the bubble of us growing up yes before we knew what was happening with the lead character right right but for its time 
the Cosby Show was the breakout rock star show of its era. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, early 80s all the way to early 90s. It was on for like nine or ten years, right? It was probably the first must-watch TV type of show ever. I mean, next to MASH. It was a ratings juggernaut. Yeah, it just never missed. And it was brilliant from episode one. I remember watching episode one because I just watched the Cosby stand-up routine, Bill Cosby himself. And I remember the part where he was talking about how he had this interaction with his son, and then that was in the very first episode. From that point forward, I was hooked. I was like, nope. I'm never going to miss an episode of this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Personal life things aside, it was a very important show because it also showed like a first kind of black family that was affluent, but that was like normal. Right. right. They were just a family. They were just a family. It was almost that a black family was an asterisk. Right. right. I mean, it factored in, but it wasn't what the show centered around. Mm-hmm. All right. The last one on our list didn't start until 85. What about Growing Pains? Yes, sir. I never watched yep. that one that much. Does anybody know the trivia of what super famous actor now came from that show? Got his start there? No Late idea. Honest. Leonardo DiCaprio. Caprio. No. Is that right? Yep. That was one of his first things. Absolutely. Well, he wasn't a regular. He was a recurring character, right? Well, I guess you'd call him a... He became a regular. He was like this down and out kid. He was like homeless and a shyster and everything. And they ended up kind of adopting him a little bit later after the older brother kind of moved out and went to college and they didn't really have him on the uh, show that much. They had to kind of fill the void of that character role. Yeah. Though. That was like Alan Thicke, right? Was he in that one? Alan Thicke was the father. He was in it. Yeah. yeah. And Meredith Baxter Bernie, was she the mother? That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. You have an iron trap for a brain there to remember all that stuff George. <laughs> well, well for a long time you guys I think were doing a little bit more of the other stuff like all I was doing was playing baseball and watching TV that's really all I did growing up so when we came up with this topic and today I was putting in different TV shows that I remembered I just went crazy I had to stop myself from adding in <laughs> stuff I watched every single one of these that I put in <laughs> we talked about there are family centered but they were around fairly normal families give or take yeah. right I mean some of them were sure. more fluent than others you know some had some adopted kids but there were a neat bunch of uh, shows that I've kind of grouped together as unusual home situations that kind of found their home in primetime TV right yeah. the first one goes back to 1970 on my list and it's basically a Brady Bunch clone Brady Bunch came out in 69. Partridge Family came out in 1970. Partridge Family. Yeah, yeah. Danny Bonaduce. It was all about this family. They were <laughs> famous musicians that traveled all over the world. In a bus. But they were a family that had to deal with it. Yep. It was weird because they, you know, they were always on the bus. It was kind of psychedelic. It was still kind of holding on to the 60s a little bit. Oh, in it was the super 60s. Yeah. Yeah. Outfits and they did a lot of sing-along type of stuff from the variety shows. It kind of was a variety show almost. Right. They definitely yeah. had bits they would do and go, okay, family, time to do this thing that factors in the plot and then they did a big production number that was basically a variety show right. of them doing their thing yeah <laughs> oh Shirley Jones was the mom Shirley Jones but remember and even had some songs that became like moderate hits to be expected yeah, yeah. I think I love you came from that I mean they had some quality talent in that band too it wasn't just actors trying to sing there was some quality no. talent Sean Cassidy yeah that oh, was David Cassidy by the way not Sean Cassidy David Cassidy that's right the next kind of unusual home situation that's on our list another family <laughs> that's just living in a junkyard Sanford <laughs> I'm coming oh to God. see you Elizabeth 
<laughs> it's the big one. <laughs> when my dad found out that show was coming on, he was trying to figure out how Red Fox can do something for TV. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was a super blue. Yes, he was. Comedian. He was yeah. like Richard Pryor before Richard Pryor. I don't know why he has, spells his name with two D's, but I definitely know why he spells it with two no, X's. It was two X's. <laughs> <laughs> if you were growing up and you had a Red Fox album, you hid it in the closet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was not age appropriate Red Fox album no. available. <laughs> But the show was super, again, that went on for a long time. It was really. It was amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a great yep. show. I mean, like four or five years and like other networks tried to clone it. Like there was a Chico and the Man, which was the same damn show, yeah. but for Spanish people. I mean. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yep. You know, Sanford and Son, I don't know that you could have beat that for that type of show. It had the crazy uncle with the buggy eyes coming over. Yep. Grady. He, he loved to cheat at cards. Yeah. He had a deck with magic glasses. Oh, he that's right. He had the green visor, right? Yeah. That's right. You yep. know the thing yep. about that show? show that really got me though is that you think about it almost the entire show took place in one spot pretty much yeah, yeah they yeah. occasionally went someplace else but it was really rare when they left that set it was always just Lamont bringing stuff into him and then them yeah. talking in that one little living room not even like they didn't go upstairs even no they, never they were just in the living pretty room. much the living room wow Lamont <laughs> they even changed out Lamont's midway through the show they changed actors yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right that's right yeah. that's right what about Three's Company oh John Ritter John Ritter yep. John Ritter God bless you John Ritter <laughs> The greatest John Ritter. comedy talent of that era. Three's Company was the king of double entendre sexual innuendo. <laughs> yeah. And with a lot of physical comedy, too. Well, yeah. Falling and pratfalls. I mean, there yep. was tons of that. It was completely innocent, but the only way he didn't get kicked out was he had to constantly reconvince Mr. Furley that he was <laughs> gay. He was gay. <laughs> well, not just Mr. Furley, but there was originally it was the Ropers. Mr. Furley came later. That's, That's right. right. The Ropers and the, the Ropers. Ropers. Right. First, and they had their own spinoff later on when they left and then That's Don right. Knotts came on as Mr. Furley which by the way great cast nobody can do a John Ritter double take like Don Knotts oh, oh yeah. right <laughs> <laughs> well and they even switched out the roommates once yep. uh, Suzanne oh, Summers right. left and Priscilla yeah, Barnes right. came in oh I forgot about that and then they had a third blonde that came in and I can't remember the actress's name but remember. she came in yeah whenever Priscilla Barnes either came or left it was like her cousin and they did some scenes where that other actress phoned in a couple of scenes like she oh, was, was on the phone I the I remember that. Yeah. Another kind of gender bending one that I remember fondly was on such a short time was Bosom Buddies. <laughs> now, who came big out of that one? The I Tom remember that Hanks one. vehicle. That's right. Tom Hanks. And don't forget his Brian yeah. Dunkelman character, Peter Scolari. Billy Joel is the title song. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. One of the best title songs ever. <laughs> and that whole premise was they needed jobs so badly and they were. No, so it was a place to live. No, 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 no. It was a place to live. It wasn't jobs. They needed a place to live. Oh, that's right. And the only rent control place they could get in was a female only apartment building. That's right. So they had to act as if they were in drag. They were women all the time, but they then had to switch out when they went to work or out in the real world and maintain this lie. Exactly. Yeah. And then hilarity ensued. Yeah, it was really funny. <laughs> God, hard to believe that's where Tom Hanks started. Yeah, who'd have thought? An unassuming beginning. And he's won Oscars. And he, <laughs> I would not look back and think, this man's going to win an Oscar one day. <laughs> well, and that's where they, you know, they started off casting him in all the comedies because of that show. And it wasn't right. until he started doing things like Philadelphia that he started getting recognized for his dramatic ability. Well, actually, I think Big kind of helped him too. He really did a good job in that one. He Big did a great bit. job. Yeah. But Big yeah. was kind of a transition piece from comedy to drama. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It 
kind of flipped them over yeah. to doing the other stuff. But yeah, absolutely. George, how about the Ricky Schroeder vehicle? Silver oh, Spoon. Geez. I hated that little <laughs> bastard. Let me tell you why. <laughs> he had arcade games. That's exactly why I hated that, that little, little bastard. That little son of a bitch. How does he get so lucky to get adopted? Was he adopted or was he found as a child? I forgot what the premise was for him coming in that house because he didn't start in that house, did he? I don't remember. Oh. I didn't watch it enough. Yeah, but no, I just knew that he had stand-up arcade cabinets right in his house. And I'm like, you could do that? Like, that's not real. You can't have those in your house, can you? <laughs> remember his father rode around on the giant Mr. Rogers train set? Oh, yeah. I mean, I hated Ricky Schroeder. <laughs> Along the lines of Bosom Buddies, another unusual home situation. How about Perfect Strangers? Balky! Yeah. <laughs> that was a fun show. It was a guy coming over from another country. He was a sheep yep. herder, and he came over to meet his cousin who lived in Chicago, if I remember right. And he was yep. trying to be a reporter. Yep. And Balky was just going to live with him and just kept screwing up his life in every episode. It's kind of a, he was almost a Borat light, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> I think I saved the best unusual home situation for last, and it was one of my favorites. What if you had an alien living in your house with you? How about Alf? Alien life form. Alf. Yes, sir. <laughs> sometimes a Muppet, sometimes a guy in a costume. Yeah. Always funny. I think that was ahead of its time. The effects that they did in it and the way they did cuts and transitions, you never knew. Was it a puppet? Was it the guy? He loved cats. He well, ate in cats. in a way, he loved cats. Yeah, he oh, wanted he loved to eat them. cats. Oh, he loved them. Yeah, he, <laughs> he loved, loved them. That's what he, he meant. He loved them. <laughs> It was borderline science fiction, but hardly, because really, he was just there. He crashed into their house. That's how he ended up there. His ship was in the garage, wasn't it? Once he was there, he really didn't, well, he was just there. He's a member of the family, right? He ended up becoming a member of the family after he crashed into their house and he couldn't get away. (laughs) I think people were always trying to catch him, but the family kept protecting him. And if I remember, that one had like an unexpected ending that was like a cliffhanger that ended kind of like sad, right? Like he got captured in the last episode. I think you're right, yeah. They were going to do more with it, but the show ended. So it's almost like this this sitcom, great sitcom that ended up with a morose ending because it got unexpectedly canceled. Yep. Wow. Poor Alf. Poor Alf. Poor Alf. He's enjoying cats in a better place. He's still in <laughs> Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see. Our troubles are all the same. Everybody knows your name. There were some that were kind of like workplace based, kind of like Barney Miller and those right. kinds of shows. Yeah, based on guys just regular Joes getting their job. Doing done, their right? job, right? Most of it took place at the job. One that kind of pops in my head for some reason is like Get Smart. I don't know if you guys ever watched that one. Well, of course. Missed it by that much. Missed it by that much. That one was over before I was born, so I caught a few of the reruns later. I tell you the truth, I only saw it in reruns, but um, you know, that was Mel Brooks. I mean, that show was just funny as hell. Mel Brooks wrote that one? I didn't know that. Yeah. You know, basically, you know, he's a spy and he's 86 and there's 99. You know, they all have numbers and the cone of yep. silence. I mean, it was, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, I remember the the shoe phone. That was the one yep. thing I remember out of that one. Another good workplace one that I enjoyed watching a lot was Alice. Yeah. All oh, took place the in the diner. Right. Mel's Diner. Mel's Diner. Yep. Yep. We had Flo. Kiss, Kiss my, my grits. grits. Kiss my <laughs> Yeah, that was a really fun show. Yeah. I watched a lot of it. The uh, Mel Mel called the Vera a dingbat all the time. Vera the was the girl. character I liked the most. Yeah, the little mousy waitress. She was the one I liked the most. Of course, inevitably, she would cut loose and not be mousy, and it was a big surprise. Right. But you saw it coming every time. But that was a fun, fun show. You know, that And was. Mel was like this super gruff guy that was a dick to everybody, but he had a heart of gold. He actually right. helped everybody out. Remember the telephone operator guy who always ate at the restaurant? He was almost, he was like in every episode. He would sit at the counter and be eating. He wore glasses, had the 
had the coveralls because he was the pole climber guy for the telephone company. No, I You don't remember that. that guy? Oh, yeah. No? He was fun. Another classic workplace oh, one. Yeah. We can't leave out. WKRP in Cincinnati. Dr. Johnny Fever, baby. <laughs> that show. This is this is Les Nesman calling from the helicopter. <laughs> so he didn't get an office, so he put tape on the floor. He put tape yeah, on the floor. That's right. <laughs> and people had to pretend to knock. <laughs> there was this guy that uh, Lonnie Anderson was dating. He was this you know amazing guy, and he was talking to Nesman, and he's like, you know, I always think that a guy's name says a lot about him. You know, his name is, you know, Butch or something. What's your name? He goes, Les. <laughs> <laughs> he was so dopey. Yep. And Lonnie oh, Anderson, man. she got really super popular out of that show. Of course. Oh, right? yeah. Howard yeah. Hessman. That was like one yeah. of Howard Hessman's first big breakouts, I think, really. One interesting thing worth mentioning about WKRP is that it didn't come out on DVD for a long, long time because it had tons of real current pop hits in it when it came out. Mm-hmm. And when they went to release on DVD, they couldn't reacquire the rights for digital distribution. Really? Oh, really? And so that thing sat in limbo for a long time. Wow. So they were having to work out the legal stuff for real. Huh. My understanding is that a lot of the music you will hear on DVD now when you watch it is not all the same music in the original run. Oh, really? They couldn't they get licensed for everything. Wow. They had to go in and re-edit stuff just to be able to release it again. That's crazy. Set in limbo a long time and it couldn't get out there. Wow. So. It's a great show. Oh. oh, yeah, absolutely. But how can you get like the... the pinnacle of workplace ones which was cheers where everybody knows your name <laughs> <laughs> do you know that almost got canceled its first season really yep didn't know that it just goes to show you man shows they need some breathing room yeah yep. you can't judge a show by its first few episodes yeah you, you don't wanna, get that today find I out mean, what it becomes today's stuff yeah. is coming on firefly firefly fucking oh firefly <laughs> let's not talk about fireflies you had to bring exciting. that up but and just think like almost everybody who was on cheers i mean has gone off to do tons of other stuff well yeah, yeah. you had kelsey Grammer. obviously was kind of one of the uh, ones that you didn't see coming, but he ended up having some great stuff later on. Mm-hmm. It spawned Frazier, of course. he had his own show, yeah. too. Yeah, spinoff. Uh, you got Ted Danson. Then you had um, Woody Harrelson, of course, who's everybody's oh, yeah. favorite hemp farmer. <laughs> the one guy that I expected to do something more out of that was George Wendt, who played Norm. Norm. He kind of died off after that one. He did a couple movies. Well, bit parts, though. He yeah. never became like a big star. Sure. Even Ratzberger, the guy who played the oh, mailman, yeah. he ended up in Toy Story. Well, he's, he's in every single Pixar movie. Listen, he's in every <laughs> single Pixar movie. Yeah, is he? Yeah. He, yes, he is the Pixar lucky charm. Yep. Really? They, they don't do a movie without him having some lines in it. Huh. After being in Toy Story, he became the thing that he was in the second Pixar movie, whatever that was. And from then on, they're like, these are going great. We will always have Ratzenberger in every film. And John Ratzenberger. Here's a little trivia. Do you know that his character for Cheers, he created it for the audition. Like he walked in as him. That's why I heard really? it. Really? Like, yeah, he basically made the character up. And it's like, every bar needs a guy who knows everything. Wow. <laughs> Do you remember there was one guy who had a reoccurring bit role in that one as a magician? Yeah, Harry Anderson. Right. He ended up having his own show just a little bit later called Night Court. Yeah, I watched that show. It never yep. seemed like it was really, really popular, but it was on for a while. It was. I mean, it was on for like seven or eight years, something like that. And that became a vehicle for a lot of other actors to get bit parts on. Yeah. yeah. It was a nighttime courtroom, and they would just bring through all these character actors who ended up going on to other great things. Who was our Star Trek guy that came out of that show, John? Brent Spiner. Absolutely. Recurring hillbilly. <laughs> <laughs> and he played so far away from his big Star Trek role. I mean, that character character yep. in Night Court was the exact opposite of Data. Yep. No, I'm going to have to go back and watch those because I don't remember him. Oh, yeah. He kept getting arrested for silly different things. He and his whole family would get arrested sometimes. And oh, Harry was always leaning was on him. him. Holy cow. That was Brent Spiner. Mm-hmm. See Holy how different cow. it was? <laughs> you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both and there you have the facts of life. The facts of life. 
Kind of a secondary genre a little bit in these sitcoms were school-based or young teen-based sitcoms, right? Yeah. One of my favorites, probably almost no one saw, I'm, I doubt that either one of you guys saw it, was uh, Jason Bateman. It was his first thing. It was called It's Your Move. I don't remember Not that even one. Yeah, I got, nope. I got crickets, right? <laughs> he was the son of a single mother. She ended up dating a guy across the hall, basically wrecking all of this kid's plans, which was being a con man for his entire life. He would go to school. He would sell test papers and essays and he would blackmail kids and everything that was the whole premise of the show was how this kid could get money in high school from one that most people haven't heard of to one that i think everybody has heard of you take the good you take the bad take them both and what What do you have Facts of Life. The Facts of Life. Yeah. I love that show. That was a spinoff from one we <laughs> talked about earlier. That was a spinoff from Different Strokes. That's right. Absolutely. Oh, that's Mrs. right. Garrett. I forgot about that. Mrs. Garrett. And that was also one of the first roles for George Clooney. Huh? Oh, I'd forgotten he was in there. He wow. was in that one toward the later when they ended up opening that B&B thing. And another great show about uh, young people growing up in school was Head of the Class. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to watch that one. Started off with Howard Hessman and he was uh, running. Yeah. He was the teacher put in charge of an AP class who did didn't want a teacher because they felt they didn't need one. Right. And so he ended up taking control of the class and kind of teaching them the things that the books weren't teaching them. That was kind of a nice little thing. Uh, Robin Gibbons was the actress who oh, came yeah. out of that one. Then um, was it Billy, Col- Billy, what's his last name? Billy Connolly. He yeah, ended he up taking over, right? over the Howard Hessman role. Yeah. In the last season, I think it was. Uh, Howard Hessman had something else to go do, I guess. And so Billy Connolly came in and took over the class for the last season. There are so many good categories and shows that came out of that era. We've touched all the way back to like mid 60s all the way up until late 80s and early 90s some of these ran and you know that we missed a lot of them oh I know <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, if ever we get any good listener email I bet it comes out of this show yeah. where people scream at us how could you leave how out how could you not X? mention this show or- <laughs> right <laughs> you know and a lot of these would have just been forgotten if it wasn't for first Nick at Night kicked off sure, back yeah. in 85 and started to rerun some of these shows and lately they've kicked off it's become a whole little cottage industry Antenna TV and Get TV and Me TV all these things that pretty much take old shows you know, sitcoms and dramas you know all the way back to like Perry Mason and old stuff and they run that now so the good news is that if you miss this stuff, you can find it in second, third, 15th run. Yeah. But right. so many of them are available now on DVD. There's whole seasons for next to nothing. Yeah. And if you're ever complaining about they just keep remaking crappy stuff on TV, reality based and everything, go look at some of these old shows. These were our youth. If you're a Gen Xer, this was the stuff that you grew up on. And there's so much good stuff out there. We'll put links to tons of them oh, down yeah. below. Mo, you got a lot of work to do. Yeah, I'm going to we'll put some now. links to Amazon. You can go uh, grab full seasons if you can't find them out anywhere. Man, it's been fun digging through these too yeah <laughs> they were it was great stuff hello out there from tv land the every night good tv brand for your viewing delight it's nick at night do you love comic books and consider yourself a die-hard fan then you need to listen to parlapod we have news reviews and interviews with your favorite pros all while bringing some serious laughs new episodes drop every wednesday in time for new comic book day parlapod is available on the project entertainment network all major podcast outlets and parlapod.com tune in and fuel your fandom with parlapod that was another wonderful episode of the gen x grown-up podcast backtrack 
and we had just a couple of show notes. We're not going to be a lot down there today. <laughs> so I know that this you could probably be a record. Yeah, there won't be a whole lot down there. But so Mo can probably get this done in five minutes. Uh, yeah. yeah, I hope he's already started. Yes, yeah, I have. <laughs> so hey, and just so you don't miss any of our great episodes coming up, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're at iTunes, we sure would appreciate if you would give us a five star rating. Most importantly, leave us a review. It doesn't have to be a long review, just a couple sentences about what you see in the show that you like and that helps people to find us and if you have a friend who doesn't listen to the show tell them about us we would love to have them join us and don't forget if you want to be one of the growing cadre of youtube and internet famous fourth listeners send us an email podcast at genxgrownup.com and join that club <laughs> and in case you don't know we also have a youtube channel and you can check out our website which is genxgrownup.com man there is so much i'm overwhelmed with shows that i ought to go back and watch that i'm paralyzed with options oh i know i, I mean trust oh, me some of these boy. shows we talked about i could go back and keep talking about them <laughs> yep yep <laughs> yeah i feel like i didn't get to talk about half the stuff i wanted to oh what a walk down memory lane yeah guys thanks for being here mo i appreciate it as always oh, always fun man george thank you of course for your encyclopedia knowledge of Gen X sitcoms. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> and fourth listener, thanks for joining us. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Take care. Everybody. See you guys. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? No games, no puns. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. This has been a production of the GWW Radio Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out Geeks Worldwide at the GWW.com for all the latest news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, movies, TV, cosplay, and more. Geeks Assemble! I didn't say anything. I was, I, I was, oh, I'm sorry. I muted the microphone, but didn't mute, mute you. Sorry. <laughs> what the fuck? Alexa turns off all my, hang on a second. <laughs> what the fuck was that? God damn it, Alexa. Alexa, life's full. <laughs> This there. gotta make it into the show. Every day oh, at Dessa. seven o'clock, Alexa turns <laughs> off all my hue bulbs. I have nothing scheduled. She just goes, "What is seven o'clock? Fuck you, lights out." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato, and I'm the creator of Seven Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts. And I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style. And together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling and all in approximately seven minutes.